0: Hey friends, thank you so much for the last two years of support of Diggin' for Bones. You know, now I do have a partnership with Mr. S. Leather, and one of the ways that you can support the show is to head over to my website, digginforbones.com, and order any of your gear through the link to Mr. S. Leather right from my website. Uh, I also have another partnership with Friends Dorothy where you can get 10% off. All of the information is on my website. I'm never gonna put this podcast behind a paywall. I know that's a trend that people are doing right now. I wanna keep it free. So you can support by just going and doing the regular shopping you're already doing right on my website. Cheers. With me today, I have another content creator out of Australia. Uh, This is Kobe. Kobe is, I'm a huge fan. Uh, This is someone that I I will definitely say I idolize a little bit. Um, met him on the cruise and I am really excited to have him here on the show. So thank you so much for being here
1: G'day. How are you? <laughs> thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure um, Do you mind letting everyone know kind of
1: who you are? Yeah, time sure. Time? I mean, um, first I have to say What a great cruise was that? <laughs> so I that was my first cruise when I met you and um yeah i don't think it will be my last so i'm glad you had fun because i definitely had a good time as well
0: yeah i had a blast i was just talking about on one of the recent episodes how I met all of you by walking into that house before we even sailed away, and that was just like a a big moment for me getting <laughs> to meet everyone. So I really appreciate everyone's kindness and the the, the service boys cleaning up everything was also really adorable.
1: Very much, and everything <laughs> they did clean up was everything. <laughs> um, so uh, a bit about me. I mean, uh, well, my name's Kobe, I'm based in Australia. Um, I actually live in Melbourne, so it's not Melbourne. I think you have a Melbourne in the states, Florida, maybe or somewhere, but there is a Melbourne here. It's actually our biggest, biggest um city now. It's overtaken Sydney, um, and it's right on the south of Australia, on the east coast. And look, I guess um, I'm a business owner in my day life, um, with my partner Sam Brownell uh and on the side hustle we do only fans well not just only fans i guess we do um adult content so uh, we have various channels only fans just for fans you view porn but yeah i'm i'm currently in the top 100 for Pornhub amateur gay worldwide so that's a bit of a a um trophy i guess not that i was aiming for anything um i still take myself very much as amateur in this space although i've been doing it now i think this is our our third year and um we've learned a lot along the way and still growing still learning
0: yeah you're successful <laughs> well in my eyes that's for sure um did you ever get around to doing the the glory hole asmr podcast i think i remember you saying so, so
1: that. we do um we it is it is season 1 is up it's on spotify it's called the hole in the wall um, and it is glory hole ASMR from various um, visitors to our homemade glory hole. <laughs> um, I I would love to do have so love much that. Uh, glory hole ASMR, um, and I'd love to put out a second season or a third season. Uh, however, they are quite tricky to to edit, as you know, doing doing podcasts and the time. I just between running your own business and doing content creation on the side, plus everything that goes with content creation, because it's, it's, a, it's a massive task. <laughs> so um, we do, I just haven't had time to add an additional thing. But there are, I think, six or eight episodes up. I can shoot you the link after this, and you can have a listen. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I'm curious on that. That was one of the most creative things I think I'd ever heard. But you have, you know, that's like small potatoes in your world. I, you, you have some of the m- best photography I've ever seen. You have a collaboration with friends that just looks so <laughs> wholesome, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's really, oh, it's really you. inspiring. Yeah.
1: I wish. mean, we, um, like we do get a lot of comments on our, um, photos, um, in particular, and like the photos that you will see, um, on our Instagram or Twitter are only really, scraping the surface we we do we release you know uh, a whole heap of stills with with each shoot that we do that goes onto our premium channels and i guess it's just something we try to differentiate ourselves with um we don't necessarily go for high production value although they they tend to always come off looking like that but we just try to put a little bit of effort into everything we do in terms of um setting up a shot or, or lighting or even just doing a bit of post on things that we put out there just because we know people are subscribing to us. They're, they're giving us a little bit of support in terms of money. So we want to, you know, make sure that they're getting their worth in a sense rather than just being these someone who just, you know, puts, puts something up that's a bit mediocre and expecting people to subscribe. We want to be like, no, we, we appreciate you guys. We're putting the work in. And um, we actually reinvest a lot of the money that we generate on those sites back into uh, equipment in order to facilitate that. So, so that's really good to hear. Thank you.
0: It's a small <laughs> it business. Is. You know, some of the work you do—it's your art. Uh, you also get into character. I've seen at least in your photography. I've seen at least there's been Professor Kobe, <laughs> I Coach. I think if that was one of them. What are some uh, of your favorites? Yeah, that I you've mean, done? like
1: in terms of. Um, getting into character I guess it's like um, you know people subscribe to you for you but they're also subscribing for a fantasy and I have fantasies that I like as well Um, so getting a chance to kind of put something out there that isn't really you but you're getting to kind of play with fantasies is a lot of fun um so so yeah there's we we, and look they kind of just come about because of what we have access to in terms of a location or or whatever too but they just kind of play on the i think the fantasies that are pretty pretty much everybody has such as like coach you know teacher professor um I mean tradie is a really big thing as well. So um I don't know if you have tradies in the states. I think they're called handymen. So um yeah, trad- tra- I was like what's a tradie?
0: tradie you got gotta, you gotta trad- trad- yes, yes.
1: Um but they're quite glorified here in a, in a, in Australia. So I would we we technically we are tradies because we're joiners and in our um, everyday business which is kind of woodworking but just kind of putting stuff together. Um, but they're like tradies could be anything and, and people love a tradie in Australia.
0: <laughs> I definitely do. Uh, it's nothing like a plumber it's, working on, yeah. working on your pipes. <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, some of our pre-interview I'll go back a little bit. You talked about kind of your bond with the Australian Outback. Can you describe that beauty to someone that's never seen
1: it? Like, I would it's really funny because, you know, um, you've just kind of got to imagine the opposite to what you think a forest would look like (laughs) because I'm pretty much guessing that anywhere else in the world, a forest is kind of green, tall trees, you know, like mountains. The Australian Outback is the complete opposite. It's, it's red, it's arid. It's a, a lot of space. The, the trees look dead half the time. Um, and look, I'm not really selling it um but there's actually a lot of beauty in that um and like the australian outback is just so huge we most of us we live on the coast then there's really nothing in between the two coasts and yet we're as big as the united states in terms of the continent size and that whole middle part is just desert and outback um and yeah i grew up uh in northwest queensland in a small place called cloncurry which is a couple of hours outside of the biggest town would be Mount Isa, which is simply there because it's a copper mine. Um, that's the only reason the town exists is because it sits on top of a giant, giant copper mine. And it's pretty much one of the last places you get to before you hit the desert and the Northern Territory, which is where Uluru um or airs rock is right in the center um so so for me i I definitely have an affinity with the outback because because that's where i grew up um i spent all of my childhood there um and look those towns are small mining towns everybody knows everyone um and so you kind of just as a child have free reign like we just get on my bike and ride wherever (laughs) you know throughout the day on the weekends and um there's just sort of a lot of freedom out there and you don't realize it but you learn a lot as well growing up in those places like because um, there are things that can kill you. But it's just kind of second nature in the way that you explore the bush, um, you know, with snakes and spiders and 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 um, and things uh, that a lot of would seem very foreign to a lot of other people overseas simply because of the density uh, in like Europe or America with your cities compared to he- here. So I think we're very lucky that we have um, such such expansive space and we're a very small population too so i think mount isa is only yeah i don't know what the population is but i I doubt it would it would only be in the tens of thousands
0: well and you know that reminds me a lot here in the states i i grew up in montana which is this like it's in the north part of the united states and the rocky mountains and it's pretty arid with a huge mountain range next to it um and there's a lot of space it sounds really similar and a lot of animals that could kill you um i remember there's (laughs) rattlesnakes everywhere there's grizzly bears not just little black bears but like the whole like play dead with a don't play dead. Like, your best shot with one of those is to run for your life, and it's a
1: slim chance. I mean, <laughs> I'm so impressed. Um, when you say mountains, they're like, we don't have mountains like that here. Like, the way they just come out of the ground, like, even just flying into LA, there's like in over Pasadena or whatever that I, I think it is out, out east. <laughs> Um, and you've got like these mountains, like we just don't have them like that here. We have ridges, we kind of have hills and, and, um, a lot of gullies or like canyons, but we, we don't have those sheer mountains. So I was so impressed when I like went to the States and, and saw them for the first time. It's just so different.
0: We do have a lot of mountains. Um, well, that's awesome. And you know, that your, your history in the States, we call it kind of blue collar. So you, your trajectory is. Pretty diverse. What prompted the shift from you being a diesel mechanic, then into woodworking, and eventually into the adult entertainment? Um,
1: industry? Well, I guess pretty much growing up where I did uh, in terms of job opportunities, it really is the mines. Mining's really big in Australia, especially especially in rural Australia. We would say you know, like a lot of towns do exist around mines, so they have very good um, entry pathways and a lot of apprenticeships and things. Um, when I was sort of younger, cause I'm in my sort of late thirties now. So this is going back, you know, 20 years, probably, um, we have now, what's called FIFO fly in, fly out. So a lot of people will live in the cities and then they will fly out to these mines, um, and spend like two, three weeks and work there and then fly back for a week and then they kind of fly in fly out and do that now. Whereas when I was sort of started my apprenticeship, um, that wasn't so common. Um, So everyone who sort of worked in the mines sort of either moved there from the mines from the outlying towns, uh, already kind of lived around Mount Isa. So for me, I sort of left school, went straight into an apprenticeship in the mines. They were like, diesel mechanic, okay, let's go. (laughs) Um, So I was just fixing up very big machinery. Uh, I didn't finish my apprenticeship, sort of thing. I um I sort of got got a few years into it, and then um, I was like, oh, I'm not. I don't really like being covered in grease all the time, um, working on these big machines. But I, I really enjoy sort of. Um, uh, I've always been a little bit more artistic, so woodworking um, and carpentry seemed a bit more a bit more fun. And you know, I didn't have to deal with grease because um, <laughs> that that shit gets everywhere. It's a bit like silicon lube sounds like lube yeah <laughs> like you, you jump in the shower you you like use the hot water hottest water to get it off and you soap up and somehow it's still still there so i went well fuck this so i, I changed to carpentry uh and sort of just started in joinery so i mean it's not really anything exciting but you know it, it is something that is needed um but yeah I get, and I, I guess too, like I ended up leaving Mount Isa um, after I met Sam, we decided to go to Canberra because we we had an opportunity um, just to work in Canberra, which was a little bit closer to the coast uh, and something different, much cooler. Mount Isa is, Mount Isa, I guess, if I could relate it to somewhere in the States would be like Arizona. Um, it's sort of that arid kind of thing and just gets super hot. I don't know what the um, temperature difference is, but it can get up into like the forties or fifties out there degrees Celsius, um, which is super hot. So after spending or growing up there, I was kind of ready for a bit of a climate change, um, which is why we headed to Canberra. And then after five years in Canberra, we decided to um, come down to Melbourne where it is a lot cooler. (laughs) So it's it's been a big shift.
0: That does sound like a big shift. You mentioned the other state that I'm from. I also I spent half my life in Arizona. Um, maybe I should have moved <laughs> to Australia. Um, <laughs> so you 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 were doing woodworking, diesel. You moved across the the, the continent with Sam. Um, I know you and Sam met on a rugby field. Uh, Can you dive a little deeper into that story? I mean, when you you guys really
1: meet on on the rugby field, but like, um, like I'm not a very good rugby player, but I used to play, (laughs) um, because that's just the sport that everybody played. Um, and I think that's the same with Sam. So we, um, did, I noticed I did sort of like meet him or get new of him through playing games um obviously because he was in Man eyes I was in Cloncurry, and they kind of have specific teams uh and then he actually was ended up working at the mines as well as I did so because I I knew of him um I was able to kind of approach him he was doing a um apprenticeship as as well and yeah I guess the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> they say there's not much to do out there, so um, you know <laughs> we we certainly made use of a lot of the spare time. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> All right. what started you off into doing putting your naked bodies on the internet? Well,
1: it was. Um, I mean, we love sort of fucking outdoors because that's what we. We did in Mount Isaac sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of good spots to go. And being a mining town as well, there's there's so many sort of like, you know, down low, discreet or married blokes that have wives at home and they just kind of want to get off. So you could go out bush and find a really hot, rough trade that will f- so appreciative that you're going to let them fuck you. <laughs> Um, so for, for us, we love cruising. We love going to beats and stuff. Um, and then we just started filming some shots of us out there and we were like, oh, this is, you know, this is hot because we were in a Snapchat group with other kind of blokes in Australia that just shared kind of what they were getting up to. Um, and then what actually happened was we were at a beach and we were fucking down at a beach. And then like a month or two later, someone sent us a, a clip. They'd actually kind of been spying on us, watching us fucking filming, filming us. And they, they sent us the clip. And we were like, oh, that's that's pretty hot. Um, so, so we're quite used to big in front of the camera and a bit exhibitionist anyway, like I wouldn't say that our sex life is um, conservative or, or tied to the bedroom. In fact, having sex in the bedroom is probably one of the areas where we have the least amount of sex. It's literally just <laughs> like anywhere else, I, I'm i all for a party or a sex club or a cruise club or a park or any or a truck shop stop my favorite bedroom uh, i couldn't think of anything more vanilla (laughs) um so covid hit um we were like kind of stuck at home bored and yeah, we, we started having you know, like early fans at the time was sort of still, I think it'd been around for a few years, but it suddenly started to become more meta in terms of in pop culture. And, and I logged on and started looking at Twitter cause we had the time in COVID the business, you know, like wasn't, wasn't at full capacity or anything at the time. And it was hot, but I was like, fuck a lot of this is shit. <laughs> you know, just people on their phones and I was like, fuck, they're making good money as well. We should. T- <laughs> We're a bit bored. Why don't we just start filming some sex? <laughs> so I got a GoPro and I think the GoPro sat there for three months before we even turned it on. Um, And then we turned it on and just started filming and we put the first video up. And then all of a sudden you get subscribers, right? And I was like, holy shit, people are paying for this. <laughs> And it's not, and it's not half bad. It could be better, but it's not terrible. Um, and that's kind of how we started with with adult cre- adult creation. And I, I think from the start as well, we we very much always have looked at it as a as a side job or just as something that could facilitate our ability to travel overseas and meet people uh, and work with um, people we thought were hot online. Um, so, we've always maintained that we'll keep our jobs um, as they are and just do it as, as, as a side hustle rather than it becoming our full-time job, although they're quite comparable now. <laughs> I feel like we put just as much.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. No, that's, that's a big success. Uh, so, working with a partner. That has to be intense at time. What are some strategies you and Sam employ to keep it harmonious and have time for yourselves in your relationship? I'm sure it's not blended twenty four seven with work and only fans there's moments for you too um,
1: right? yeah, look, I guess it's I think I think it's a bit catch twenty two it's really good because we um having or doing it with a partner just means that we're able to make um content a lot easier so if we're filming solos i've always got a cameraman which is sam and vice versa if we're you know like doing something there's always the two of us to be able to go off and do it together i would say in a way filming our adult content is our kind of time together, especially when we do our things by ourselves, because we can, you know, book somewhere we can, we can plan to like, go, go for a drive somewhere, find, find a quiet spot and we could sort of spend the day doing that. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely more the business side of it. Um, I always have been, I'm kind of like that with the, our business, legitimate business anyway. So naturally I, kind of (laughs) took over the business elements uh and and sam does much more of the housework like a good trophy wife (laughs) so um we we do now we're at a stage where we have to block time out um since moving to melbourne we've just been so busy with collabing with a ton of people we've started to have to book weekends out just so we can have have some space which i think is important because we don't want to burn out we'd like to keep doing it for a while um definitely a few more years
0: that's great have you experienced any burnout yet
1: uh not really i think because um we do keep it very business and it doesn't cross over into our personal lives at all um and i think having that separation is good so for us we may film something but it we don't release it straight away we have such a back catalog that it could take um up to a year now for things to come out and and so for us that kind of helps a lot because it, it it creates that separation where we're not constantly on the lookout for content. Um, I wouldn't say that we are full-time sex workers where we're relying on that income as well. So, you know, if if something... If someone cancels, or if something happens or changes, we don't we don't have the stresses that um, creators who are doing this full time as their career would have because the um, the risk tolerance for us is a lot lower. It's not going to impact our our ability to to pay rent or our ability to put food on the table, whereas for some people, you know, if they are traveling and they have creators pull out that and they don't have that content, that can, you know, lead to consequences for them. Um, So for us, we recognize that we're quite privileged that we have jobs, but um, I think in Australia as well, you would be very hard-pressed to find any creators online whose full-time job is OnlyFans. Uh, unlike when you go overseas, the top ones, it is their full-time job. Majority of people here, it is a side hustle. Uh, and I think simply because we're a smaller, um, smaller country in terms of size, and then you've got to kind of break it down to the gay market, who are the gay collaborators, you know, the numbers are quite small. It just wouldn't be feasible to do that here. Um so for us being able to like plan a trip and go overseas together, meet meet people like yourself, film some content, but have a holiday at the same time. It, it facilitates that for us. Uh, and we're able to have like those experiences together, um, as a couple, which I think is really cool.
0: That is really cool. It's such a unique thing that I think is just, uh, I don't know if anyone would have been able to do this even 15, 20 years ago. And it's just something I'm really grateful for. Um, So I appreciate you sharing all of that. I'm getting into that part in my career. It's still kind of a hobby for me. I I genuinely am an exhibitionist. I enjoy interviewing people. Um, I enjoy taking pictures and making some funny content. I make some money with it. But I'm starting to get to the point where like... I get really excited and I just want to share everything <laughs> that I make like as soon yeah. as I make it. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is really good. I want to put it out yeah, there. And
1: I'm like, like don't my, wait. My, <laughs> yeah, my, my biggest <laughs> advice is like to, to anyone really is it, it's not so much about putting the content out. It's about, being consistent and I think the biggest thing you'll notice with us is that like we, our our content comes out very consistently all the time. You know, it's always just, it just comes out, it comes out, it it comes out and that's because we do schedule it. So with us, um, consistency is sort of the key because, you know, and, and making sure you have a balance because if you've got some really good stuff and you want to push that out all straight away, you know, you may push it out and it does really well. Um, but it probably could have done better. And what I mean by that is that like, if you have a plan and it's scheduled and you kind of use your good content as, um, sort of like milestone or key markers. And in between that, you kind of put out a bit of average content, that average content is going to make your really good content stand out so much better because you know you have a bit of juxtaposition there in terms of um helping it to be elevated a lot above the rest of your sort of standard content whereas if you take all your good stuff bunch it all up and get it out as quickly as possible it it sort of then becomes um not as like elevated and I think that's something that we really notice, and we we try to just make sure that we've always got um, some stuff to kind of drip drip along. And I, and I think the consistency is key. Um, the biggest failings, th- the thing that I hate the most that I see other people do online is where they um, they make big bold promises that they're. Bring out all this new stuff and then they don't post anything. They, they do a couple of posts and it's really good. And then it just goes dry. And then they, they do an apology and I think, Oh, I don't, that's the last thing I want to do. I just want to make sure I've always got something coming out that's new for people. Um, so we, we really try to just make sure that it's consistent.
0: You do a fantastic job at it for anyone's listening. They are worth subscribing to in whatever platform you find them on. Um, and also, just props to you guys for standing out, especially with the Pornhub awards coming from a place where you know it's a small population to stand out from the other side of the world. That's a that's that's awesome. Um, I remember, uh, you know, hearing about. I think what did he say? Tall poppy syndrome. Have you found it easy or difficult to find people to collab with there in Australia? Uh,
1: so it's it's like. Um... Look, it's the same as anywhere, really. Um, there are, you know, sort of clicks in, in the industry. Um, you have a brand that you want to market towards as well, which means that you're facilita- looking for collabs and it's going to facilitate what, what your audience kind of wants. Uh, initially, we found it really hard because I guess when we started OnlyFans, I could probably count on my hand the number of people in Australia that would we would collab with or were willing to collab um and two three years later now so many people are opening up accounts now there's just an influx of people i've seen top creators complaining that their fan numbers are are halving because of the saturation in the market so um we don't struggle finding collaborators at all really because i think there's just sort of been an explosion now of people and since moving to melbourne melbourne has probably got a just over six million people. Um, there's, It's it's very easy to connect with people through a major hub, whereas when we're in Canberra, which is also still very rural and a very small town, uh, even though it's our capital, um, we're really the only gay creators there. We would have to travel to Sydney or Melbourne to uh, if we wanted to do any collaborations. And um, we actually said, well, instead of spending all this money to Sydney or Melbourne, let's just go to London. Went to London for the first time, and there's a million creators in London. So, so, so for us, we've been very fortunate in that we um, haven't really struggled with finding people. Um, the the other thing I think, because we come as a couple, one's more top, I'm more bottom. Um, Sam is younger, I'm older. Like we can potentially appeal to a wider audience as well. So when Sam does a collab, it's not like I'm missing out because we're a household. Anyone that subscribes to his account, we're both, both benefiting. Um, if that makes sense. So again, I think we've been quite fortunate in, in that regard that we've been able to, you know, utilize our strengths with each other.
0: What a dream. The, the couple started owning your own business supporting each other little, it's just it's all good stuff so i really appreciate not that we haven't that.
1: had our fair share of cancellations especially when we started um you know people did cancel and we would travel interstate and people would cancel all the time and it was quite frustrating um but we you know we just overcome that by just being like okay well we'll just look for the next person sort of thing so
0: so for moments of you know introspection, solitude, when you need you time, uh, where do you often find yourself going for reflection or healing or just time to recharge?
1: It's, it's going to sound pretty like the complete opposite, but I'd probably say the gym, <laughs> like, because you know it's it's like I don't have to think about anything except can I lift this heavy weight twelve times? It's, it's like the most basic. Thing. And um, I really, it, going to the gym um, really just helps me to release a lot of tension, um, just helps me to focus as well. You know, I, I'm not on my phone constantly. Um, I'm chatting to all the bros at the gym, like, you know, because you, you see them every day when you start going every day. Um, so for, for me, I would say that is that is the place. That I, that I go to kind of reset. And um, if I don't go and I come home and I'm sort of wrap up work and don't go to the gym, I just can't relax in the same manner as if I had, had gone. Um, and I, I've always worked out, ever since I was in my teenage years, like I started a garage gym in Klonkari, which was like, <laughs> you know, it's so hot. The only thing, the way to get cool, coolness is, is like the garage door to the place was up. <laughs> <laughs> and, a fan, and a fan on and, and everything was covered in dirt as it was. So um, I've been doing that for a young age. And when I met um, Sam, I started to to train him as well, actually, because he was like, oh, you're so big, I want to I be like you. I was like, well, come to the gym. <laughs> That's how... uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All of this just paints a very sexy picture in my head.
1: <laughs> I would love to film some content in a gym. So, um, I'm, sh- and I have actually, now that I think, it. <laughs> I'd like to do some more. So. <laughs>
0: I love your gym stuff. I actually, the photographer that just did one of my most recent shoots was like, I want to go back out to the beach. I was like, we already did the beach. I want to find a gym. I want to find a locker room because now, now I've got ideas. (laughs) We've already done the beach. (laughs) And uh, it was great. I finally found a photographer that I really jive with the, not that the first couple weren't for bad or anything. Um, I, I definitely had my share of, of learns from some and then energy was there. It's like dating someone to find a, a good photographer. And I then... if,
1: Yeah. I think you're right. Like if you can find a photographer that you get along with, I don't think there's any point try and they produce something that you like. There's, there's not much point in, you know, Oh, I've, I've done them. I'll find another person. I think building relationships is really important. Um, cause we've been working with our photographer Fred or the boy project now for three years. Um, and look, the pro photos they don't do well on the premium channels, but they do really well on the socials, which is what people find you on. Um, and we now have a shorthand and we're able to explore different themes and things cause we're comfortable with each other. So, every shoot we do can be different and go a little bit further. So, I think definitely you're on the mark if you can find someone that you click with, um, you know, foster that relationship.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great advice because, yeah, I fi- the last one I did, we, we really vibed and I, I walked away from that and I was like, that was a lot of fun. And my favorite part was he let me do some of the color correction and editing oh, really? um, and wasn't <laughs> super all into cause like some photographers get really picky about like they need, they're going to set it and it has to be a certain way. And I get it. It's their art and that's their, their, their thing. Um, and it was just, I felt this really collaborative energy with this last photographer, which yeah. was not what I, it was just really great.
1: Um, my, my advice as well to anyone listening, um, you know, it would be to pay your photographer from the very start. Um, even if you don't have the money for their full rate, um negotiate with them at a rate that you can afford and pay them. And I'll tell you why, because as a photographer you get so many clients and you get so many clients asking you to do photos for free or like you're developing your craft and you know, you reach out to people and Hey, if you model for me for free, um, I can give you some photos and they get experience. But it, if, if a photographer comes along and they're like, Hey, you know, and you're like, Hey, yeah, but I'll pay you. They're like, Oh, you're going to pay me? <laughs> you all You all of a sudden set up a, a working relationship that's professional from the start. And you're already saying by offering them some money or in whatever you negotiate, you're saying, I respect your work enough that I don't have the full right now, but I respect you. I respect your work. I'm going to give you some money because to me, you're worth worth doing that and and that just establishes from the start a very good constructive relationship that then you know what when you reach out to that photographer and say hey i've got a little bit more money than next time can i still don't have your full rate but can i book you they're probably going to say yes rather than the person who's saying hey can i have some free photos so they they're going to start putting you as their priority over somebody else because they know that you're serious. They know that you they that you respect what they do and that you're gonna book them. And they know that in the future, as you get some more money, eventually you will be able to provide them with their full rate and they're going to go that extra mile for you. They're going to, they're going to do some touch-ups. They're going to deliver you some better quality photos because you're putting, um, your money where your mouth is and, and they appreciate that. So my advice always, 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 um, pay your creatives who support you. Wow. That's
0: really good advice. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a solid advice for anyone as I, uh, venmo my photographer right now <laughs> 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 valid uh, heard and, it, and it, it, it
1: doesn't have to be money it could be like i don't have the money now but i want to take you to dinner you know what i mean and you yeah no take- it,
0: it was that kind of relationship now you nailed it he reached out to me and was just he's getting back into photography he used to do it and wanted to do a shoot for free um, and wants to do more. But I, I definitely am going to pay him because I, I really think he did a fantastic job and he deserves to be paid, uh, especially because I'm getting paid off of it. So <laughs> it would be fair. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, in our pre-interview, you talked about going out to the Outback, Ford Ranger. That, that sounds super thrilling. Is there any experiences out there that stand out to you? Sexy or just fun adventure?
1: well i mean i guess like i was touching on earlier um i love cruising um so for me you know like taking the truck out to a place i really get off on that i i like i'd say i get off on like it being so spontaneous but it's totally not spontaneous because there's like a designated place where you know people go for a particular thing. So so it's as orchestrated as you can get. But when you're cruising it feels spontaneous. So uh I just get really turned on by the thought of you know that and you can meet some really rough, hot, dirty bloke, um, that's down low, it just wants to be just wants to be sucked or fucked and is super horned and is you just happen to be there at the right time. So I've had a lot of, um, I guess good experiences at beats, which is why I keep going back for them. And like, we'll be driving between, I don't know, Sydney or wherever, and there'll be some sort of roadside toilet and we'll pull over to have a look and sure enough, there'll be a glory hole. And if we sit in there and wait together, um, you know, you sit there for half an hour, nothing. And then you hear a truck pull up and someone walk in and crack an instant boner. And then a dick comes through the glory hole and you both suck it and walk off and have no idea who it was. It's just a beautiful big dick that came through and blew and they kind of smell a bit musky from the work site. Um, yeah, that's what keeps me getting back. So so there's plenty of those.
0: Woof. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute woof. Um, so are there any dream destinations or content or places you want to go do content at that are kind of on your bucket list?
1: Oh, So many, <laughs> I see all you boys, like for us, um, Atlantis was such a huge journey and, uh, something I wanted to do for years and years and years and never got around to doing it. And then we're there and people are like, Oh, it's my fourth. It's my seventh, you know, trip. We just don't have things, we don't have parties on that level here or, or or access to that sort of, um, stuff here. So, you know, Atlantis was something we wanted to do. Um, so just summer's just gone for you guys. We're coming into it, but like all of your pride parties just make me so jealous all the time. But our our next destination is actually Spain. Um, I'm going to head out to Barcelona to shoot out there with some creators uh, we'd love to have gone to Bear Week in Sitges, which is happening now. But um, as we're recording this, but we, we didn't get there. Um, but definitely, um, want something that is on the horizon that we're very much looking forward to later, or I would say, early next year, is um, beef dip in uh, Puerto Vallado. I, I have no idea how to pronounce that in Mexico. Puerto Vallado, yeah, that's it. That's the one. So, um, so that's really exciting. Um, you know, again, it's a big trip for us, but, uh, we, we, we want to do it just because we love all the bears and everyone talks about PV. So we're like, let's, let's do that this year. And then we'll do the cruise again, uh, the following year. So,
0: I have such beef dip FOMO from all of you. I, I booked <laughs> I, I booked the cruise again before I knew all of my friends I had just made were all going to beef dip. Um you could take you could, you could I know, I know. <laughs> I actually I have someone that offered that to me. They were like, Hey, I've got this condo and we're going to beef dip and I was like, like two thirds of that ship, nobody at least it, they they got sick and not and I'm not saying like the things you're thinking of from a gay cruise, but like for those listening, but people got colds, people got the flu, people got stomach bugs. Like your, oh. your 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 imagination galore. What happened? People got sick, and I'm like, I just can't imagine getting off that boat again and going straight to beef dip. And <laughs> you wouldn't be sick. very
1: picky. <laughs> <laughs> I think I lost about five kilos in a week. <laughs> yeah, coming off that ship. <laughs> I want
0: to do it. I want to do it two more times. That's my goal. I've set out for myself. Is the first time I was in shock. Like the first half of it, it took me a good half of the cruise to like really warm up to. Like I just had never seen anything yeah. like that before. So I I I, I'm hell bent.
1: I think we'll do it biannually. So we'll do it every two years. Which would be good.
0: Yeah. I'm going to do it two more times so they can jump back on the schedule with the rest of my friends that I made. Because <laughs> yeah. it sounds like that's what everybody else is going to do too. Um, well, cool. Thank you so much. Now, I, I like to give people a chance to ask me any questions too. Do you got any questions uh, coming my way?
1: Um, well, I guess like you said, you grew up in Arizona and Montana. How do you find growing up in sort of, I guess, their rural states. They're kind of like similar to the outback. So
0: Phoenix is big. It's like one of the largest cities in, in the, the country. Um, but it's weird. I I like the desert. Um, I used to love going out to the desert and getting lost. And whenever I'd ride my bike, we were I was in the suburbs, but we were like on the edge of the city. So I was gone, <laughs> gone into the woods uh, or the desert. Um, there any chance I could get. Uh, Phoenix is a weird place because I always say it's like Sim City in real life. Um, people are there and nice. Uh, a lot of the conversations that you have with people, they tend to be about uh, consumerism. Just a lot of like what I bought, what I'm going to buy, and that was really weird. Um, I didn't know how weird it was until I left and started meeting people with just different kinds of hobbies other than shopping, um, cause it's all there is to do down there in that desert besides going off into, uh, like doing off-roading and recreation stuff. Montana was pretty similar. Um, I loved, love Montana. It's just such a beautiful place. Um, it's just scary. So, like when I moved up there, I, I lived up there in my early twenties for a couple of years. And sometimes when I go into the, I, I like to go alone um, or on little adventures for boys, uh, similar to yep. you. And it's just a, <laughs> uh, it's it's a little sketchy up there because there's the people can be scary. Um, it, it doesn't feel safe all the time. And then people will argue that they have their opinions, but that that's how I felt. And then also you're, you you got worried about getting eaten by a giant fucking. 20 foot bear <laughs> like, and I always joke with people is depending on how you get eaten determines if people are going to have sympathy for you or not so there's like a checklist if you get eaten by a bear and it's like did he did he have bear spray uh well well, did the bear have cubs did he have food in his backpack or where there's food in their campground there's like all there's like a hundred things that you better have done just right if people are going to come to your funeral because otherwise the consensus is well Mm -hmm. stupid (laughs) you got eaten by a bear (laughs) and it's your fault
1: I think like and- something. I think like for us as well. Like you know, I, I, um, my grandfather or my late grandfather was a big fisherman. Had like um, a shack up in the up in um, Karumba which is in the Gulf of Carpentaria. So he'd go up there fishing, like massive fish. Um, think i would just have a freezer of fish. So you know, I'd spend a lot of time fishing growing up, and played rugby. I'd like go out with the four wheel drive when I learned to drive to these beats. So that's very straight in inverted commas, (laughs) but for me, that was very normal and just what everyone did. And now I realize that like there's sort of a perception with gay men, um, especially from the straight community that, uh, all gay men are effeminate or small and slim or this and that. And, you know, I think for us, we, or for me in particular, I try to say, Hey, no, I'm As you said, blue collar. I enjoy the same things you enjoy. Your mate could be gay um, and you don't even know because he is straight, in inverted commas. It's like there is no box that anyone fits in. We are all, you know, different people with different experiences, and sexuality is not, doesn't define what you look like or what your interests are. Um, It's just a part of a small part of a much more complex you. Um, so for me, I think representation is really important to, to be able to show people that actually I'm, I'm a hundred percent gay. Not only am I gay, I'm a massive bottom, (laughs) you know, traditionally men who bottomed were also seen as smaller or, or effeminate. Um, so for me, Paul Wagner, um, being like. And out there bottom, I was like, look, you can be big and burly and still be a bottom and enjoy it. And I get so many guys writing to me from all over being like, oh, you know, it's so great to see someone like me Um, so open and out there. Like, I really thank you for that. So I I think, like, your story is similar in terms of that you you kind of, like, grew up in this rural place doing these rural things and yet you're gay, (laughs) you know? Yep
0: i yeah, most of my first interactions I didn't really have relationships growing up. It was like you go you go to meet girls with your friends and you go to the party, and then next thing you know you're watching porn, and next thing you know you find out your buddy likes dick too, um and then you just don't talk about it again um, and <laughs> that was a common experience um but you know as time went on i I learned that. That that was something I really struggled with for a long time too. Is I was worried if I came out, I wasn't going to be able to have my friends and be the me I wanted to be. Um, it's a, it's one of the reasons I I I, I do uh, appreciate your work, and you are one of the people that I would say I look up to. Actually, you know, I should actually tell you, uh, you came up in my interview um when i ran for the leather title a couple of weeks ago and they oh, asked really? me about some of the people um and I, I did mention you and actually everything you just said about yourself was the reasons i had mentioned you um because i said it's nice to see people that look like me um it's nice to see people because people think like oh it's cis and you're gay. That's enough. That's that. That is the representation. And it's like, well, there's there's a big umbrella in there too. Not a, not just because someone's cis doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting represented. You know, when the movie Bros came out, um, I know a lot of people had controversy with that. And I was over here like, oh my gosh, I it's not Jack from Will and Grace. It's like I was the first time I'd ever seen a gay man on the, on a movie on the big screen that felt similar to me. And it was a really special moment. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I think there's a big shift, um, which is interesting to to watch because yeah, growing, growing up. Definitely. I, you know, I, um, thought oh if I'm if I come out as gay I'm gonna have to change all this stuff about me to fit into the gay community and now I'm realizing that's not the case at all because so, 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 the gay community they're rich. Is such a spectrum <laughs>
0: It's such a spectrum, and 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 we think everything about you is hot. Uh, <laughs> at least I do. <laughs> I can speak for myself, not the whole gay community. I'm not going to be that bold, but <laughs> I know we. I know a lot of us have a type. Um, well, cool. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was a treat to have you on. Um, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, just it, it's been a pleasure to get to chat with you and catch up with you again
1: no worries thank you so much i mean it's i still don't quite like comprehend how far we've gone like two guys from australia able to connect and like run into people like yourself on the other side of the world and have 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 um and 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 leave you like with an experience i think that's so good to hear so thank you (laughs) it's really heartwarming
0: oh well, you have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much. Or day. It's day over there. It's tomorrow. It is the middle of the night.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: and you I'm, live in the future.
1: <laughs> I can say that in the future, everything is okay right now. So <laughs> I'll let you know if something happens. <laughs>